The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Ta here, and I welcome you whether you are watching through Facebook Live or later on Instagram when I post this video. I am delighted to be with you today. It is episode number 242, and next week I'll be doing a solo show sharing with you my five-year anniversary episode. I had no idea when I began this journey into podcasting in 2015 that I would still be doing it five years later and loving it more and more with each passing year. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do that. And I really love some more written reviews. It helps a lot when you take that time to give a star rating and written review. So please do that for me on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, wherever this is coming to you. That would really mean a lot to me. And if you want to work together doing virtual therapy sessions, reach out through my website, which is nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy.com. As I live and work in both places, I'm in Los Angeles this week. I'll be back to New Orleans next week. It's been wonderful to be back in LA in the energy and the sun and just seeing places reopen and people about their commerce. It's just been really wonderful. And additionally, at NOLA Therapy, you can order my new book, Endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, having to do with self-forgiveness and empathy and healing our deepest vulnerability and core wounds. And I want to make a segue into my guest today because she's doing something so unique. I was just sharing with her that I learned a lot in preparing for this episode So transformative technologies are medically and scientifically validated technologies that support mental health, emotional well-being, and human joy. And it's really about amplifying our humanity, which I had never really heard it spoken that way until finding my guest's work. Today, we are with Nicole Bradford. She's a leader, a world leader in transformative technologies She's the CEO and founder of the Willow Group, as well as the executive director and co-founder of the Transformative Technology Lab and Conference. So Nicole's mission with her company through her work is to permanently move 1 billion people into a state of fundamental well-being and flourishing by 2030. And she's also the book, the author of a book called Sisterhood. And today we're going to talk about how Nicole is doing this and what even transformative technologies are. 
So with that, I want to welcome you, Nicole. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You know, so um, my mother's family is from New Orleans. Oh my gosh, that is so yeah. awesome. <laughs> do, you, do you go to New Orleans? You know, I, I haven't been there in a long time, uh, but they live in uh, uh, Metier. Oh, yeah, Metairie. My sister Metairie. lives in Metairie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they live in they live in Metairie. Okay, great. Oh, so, awesome. Well, come on down and let me know. <laughs> Great, great. Well, I I so appreciate being on your on your show. You know, in five years is really such an accomplishment, and and really also the work that you do in helping people, you know, uh, really sort of you know adjust and process and um, you know and 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 grow through you know the the challenges that we all have in our lives. So you know, thank you for the work that you do. You're welcome. I really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that with me. And Nicole, I'm wondering where you would like to start us because I have various topics and questions, but I didn't know if a place I've been, I've watched some of your YouTube interviews. Where do you want to start us with transformative technologies? I think a really great place to start is just the definition of what it is and why we need it. Yes. I love that. um, You know, so what, you know, the thing about transformative tech and, and what it is, just put really simply, is that it's it's technology that helps us with the human experience. Okay. And so, and by human experience, I mean, um, you know, our experience of life. So dealing with stress, anxiety, depression, happiness, loneliness, connection, dealing with, you know, being able to work on teams and connect to other people and to solve problems together and also with, you know, the ability to find our purpose and our meaning and, and really fulfill our potential also, you know, whether it's our cognitive potential or our emotional potential. And many people don't realize or think about technology as something that could play a role in that, but it's, it's true. And so, you know, and then the, the second part, um, is why would we need these types of things? And, you know, I think just to tell a really basic story, um, you know, there, one of the things that has happened with COVID is that there isn't anyone in the world who doesn't know someone or themselves who hasn't had a hard time Mm -hmm. over the last year. Yeah. Like everybody knows that person, whether it's themselves or their parents or their children or a friend or someone at work, everyone has been challenged. And one of the things that we've seen is that there aren't enough Lisa's Mm. like there aren't enough there, there, there aren't enough therapists uh, for all of the people in the world who need support. And so another way to think about transformative technology are technologies that, you know, help people in between seeing someone like you or um, that also give you superpowers um, so that you're able to, you know, help that many more people. um, And so that, you know, you're really supported in the work that you do. And so transformative technology is really about, if you imagine Maslow's hierarchy. Yes. Most technology that you can imagine and certainly like our, our computers and the way that we use technology is those bottom two levels 
but transformative technology is really about all of the higher levels of Maslow's hierarchy, okay. um, technology that helps us with our self-awareness, our belonging, and ultimately even our transcendence to the place where, you know, we realize that, you know, a lot of the things that we use um, to feel whole are unnecessary. You know, that make, that causes me to think about, I know you talk in your work about the value of making meaning of our lives, meaning and purpose. And I'm thinking the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which in the traditional sense has to do with food, clothing, shelter, our basic physical needs, and how you've overlaid transformative technologies onto that paradigm, on that pyramid. But the higher higher executive functioning of, of finding meaning and the technologies that support us to do so, is that an accurate part of this? Yeah. Well, so like the, you know, the first two levels of Maslow's hierarchy, the bottom level is physiological. Then above that is safety needs. So this is like food, shelter, all of that stuff. But there's sure. there's three, actually there's four levels above it. Um, there's love and belonging, self-esteem, so how you see yourself, and then, you know, the self-actualization. Okay. Uh, and then actually above that, many people don't know that um, Maslow actually had a, another level. He just didn't publish it as widely uh, okay. as when he, he published his initial theory called uh, self-transcendence. And so self-transcendence is basically, um, you know, after you've self-actualized, Mm-hmm. it's when you realize that you don't need the self that you actualized anymore, that you sort of let all of it go. Wow. So self-actualization is when you like, you really learn how to play the game to become, you know, to, to um, actualize the things that you want to create in the world. And then yeah. there's a big amount of self around it. And then uh, self-transcendence is when you realize that you don't actually need to play the game anymore. That is so interesting. And I haven't yeah. looked at that hierarchy in so many years. So I definitely want to revisit that and, yeah. and see what you're speaking about. Yeah. And, and also the way that we divide it too. If you think about the hierarchy, love and belonging, esteem and self-actualization. It's also the way we line it up is um, heal, grow and prosper. Okay. So that could be, you know, love and belonging. That's, there's a certain, there's a lot of healing in that. Um. And esteem, there's a lot of growing in that. And prospering, there's a lot of self-actualization in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the overall opportunity for products in this category, it's over $4.2 trillion for wellness and well-being. So um, that is sort of like the market opportunity for it. Um, And it's really just getting started. You know, I looked where, where you talk about the piece of around your transformative technology lab and TransTech 200, the key innovators who are developing science and technology that that's significantly impacting mental health and emotional well-being for the positive. And I saw like 1440 Multiversity, which mm-hmm. is a place that many of my colleagues and friends have taught at. How did you even get involved in this, Nicole? Because it's a really unique way of looking at things that I think we see and utilize, like even meditation apps, which I imagine fit into transformative technologies. Absolutely. Um, You know, and absolutely meditation apps fit in, you know, though it's, thank you for asking that. I actually did come at it through meditation is, is how I arrived um, in, in this. And so my story is that I spent, 
a significant amount of time in the video game business. And I, I love, I love, love video games. And I was in living in China and I was managing operations. I was leading operations for a company called Blizzard Entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, that's also known for making World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, some of the, the most recognizable and most loved brands yeah. um, in digital entertainment. So I was doing that in China and I was having a ball, honestly. It was a <laughs> wonderful role and I had a really active social life. And I, I, um, you know, my apartment was in the New York Times. And wow. Yeah. It's, you can look it up. My apartment was in the New York Times and I just started, um, crazily enough, I just, I fell in love with martial arts okay. and so, uh, and combat sports. So I just started fighting, <laughs> Awesome, you know, and I was playing, I learned how to, the, the same year that I had my first fight, I also learned how to ride and play polo at the same time. So I was just like, I was having a great life. Yeah. Um, and, um, then I had a break, um, like a month off to, um, between one role and another. And I, um, and so I went on a meditation retreat okay. and I went on this retreat with the seriousness of, um, you know, or the casualness of, um, something because I had it bookended in between getting uh, scuba certified in Thailand. Yes. And going to Bhutan. Like I really, cool. it was really like, I'm just going to do these three things. I have a month off, you know, and um, I had a really powerful experience. Okay. I, and I had, um, it was a Vipassana meditation retreat mm -hmm. and I had an incredible, incredibly powerful, powerful experience. And on the other side, um, I felt deeply connected, like so connected to everyone. Uh, and then also I felt uh, fearless and extremely happy. And mostly, you know, I know now it was because I had a dramatic decline in what's called rumination. So okay. inner chatter. So yeah. that inner voice that, you know, usually tells us horrible things and yes. how everything's going to go wrong. <laughs> that voice yeah. was silent. And it turns out when that voice is silent, um, you know, your, your uh, inner chatter, um, you get really happy and you get pretty unafraid. Um, and so with that, I just really wanted everyone to have that. And I loved technology. And uh, eventually I said, these two things go together. It makes sense. So. Uh, I stayed with uh, Blizzard for about another year, and then I moved to San Francisco um, because it was one of the places, one, I always wanted to live here, and two, uh, it's one of the places where technology and consciousness really intersect. Come together, yes. Mm -hmm. And so there are lots of people who were into what I was into. However, in 2015, I was still, you know, a... a I was still talking about things that people didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Like what? Well, just, you know, the radical idea. It's a radical idea that you can use technology for the inner landscape. Remember, this was like, this was pre-calm, you know, having a $2 yes. billion dollar market cap uh, yeah. or, or valuation, excuse me. This was pre-people saying, oh, you can use things in this way. So in 2015, you know, I was you know, like 
I was crazy. <laughs> like people were like, I was ahead of my time. 2015, yeah. it was odd. 2016, it was odd. 2017, it got interesting. Um, 2018 was um, the year that people really started to shift stigma on depression because mm. there were just so many high profile cases of people where, you know, people thought that, wow, that person has absolutely everything. Yes. And they were either admitting to having depression, especially a lot of men, which was just, it was so important for the world that, that men start to say when they're having a hard time. And then there were, you know, some of those high profile suicides that yes. were really unexpected. Um, and that's when the stigma started to change on, okay, how do we, like, like something's going on. Um, and so then, you know, the idea of, you know, digitally delivered solutions to support therapists and caring for people. A lot of the companies that, you know, you see doing really well right now, they were started around that time period. Okay. Um, and so in 2018, it was, it was, oh, there's something here. I still had to talk a lot. 2019 was the shift. Um, and that's when, you know, meditation started really expanding. Um, you know, stigma was declining. Um, and, you know, the other thing that happened was that there were a lot of um, the proliferation of sensors. So the technology started to arrive uh, and get much better. Okay. Uh, and also AI or machine learning also had a big surge in 2018, 2019. So what was doable, um, the, you know, there was a lot more. And then 2020, we all know what happened to all of us. <laughs> I yeah. think I saw I saw a stat that was like in June of the year, the CDC, the June of last year, the CDC did a study and estimated that 25% of Americans were experiencing some kind of depression or emotional issue. I believe that at a, at a minimum, even of what mm. was reported. Yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, what was... Um, what did you see happen in, um, you know, in, in the therapeutic communities? Like what, are, what were you hearing happen for people in 2020? Um, sure. A lot of cases, right? A lot more people looking for you, trying to get your help. Well, I remember very specifically when the first pan, pandemic, when the pandemic first occurred last March, that there was actually a sharp decline in my clients that people seemed to really like the fight freeze, fear, fight, you know, that that response to stress, to something that overwhelms our central nervous system, that people, you know, just stopped everything. And and I was really surprised because I thought, oh, my gosh, this is a time to be talking about your experience. And I had a sense because that happened during Hurricane Katrina. Also, when I was in New Orleans, that at first people just pulled back and stopped almost like to regroup, to have an, a sense of like what is even happening here. And then within a few months after that decline, I had a really big surge of old clients coming back, new clients coming into therapy, where I think people started to see this isn't going away, that we really have to start finding new systems of coping and new ways of living. And so people started to reach out again. So that was really interesting. Yet when I reflected on Hurricane Katrina and that mass destruction of the Gulf South, I remembered it was similar. So, and I've been doing Zoom therapy, Skype and FaceTime for over 10 years. So a lot of my clients had already been utilizing those modalities with me. So I felt really prepared 
in that way. But it was definitely the balance of how to maintain my own experience of what was happening while serving others and having to take really good care of myself, really walk my talk. And so I could be of value. That's great. Like you were really ahead of your, you were all, I love, you know, I love that. I love that Lisa, that you were already ready for it because you had already embraced, um, you know, technology as one of the many tools that you can use in supporting the people who, you know, have entrusted themselves to work with you. Thank you for that. Thank you. I also started since my book wasn't published yet. It was coming out in November of 2020. I felt like I needed something to do that was positive besides just sitting around waiting for clients to schedule. So I actually started reading sections of my book on Instagram and on Facebook and in say like eight minute segments. And there was such a positive response to that to just be able to offer something of value to people during this time and just not charging for it. Just putting the content of my book out. So I remember that helped me feel really good and it helped a lot of others too. So that was very awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I can give you some specific um, examples since um, probably, you know, much of your audience is really interested in, um, you know, in therapy and therapeutics and psychology and that that. sort of thing. Yeah. So some of the things that people are doing that are, are so interesting is, I try to think about it um, and, and, and I encourage, um, you know, people in the caring professions to think about technology as a aid and, you know, much as, as you have Lisa. And so I try to think about it like pearls and thread. So imagine a pearl necklace that has pearls and then the thread, the pearls are far apart, you know, as opposed to being booked up against each other. Okay. And in this example, you, Lisa, are the pearl. And okay. the technology is the thread that comes before and comes after. So it can do things like um, help a person be ready to meet you. Mm-hmm. You know, help a person get ready for the moment so that when they are sitting with you, um, they are able to make the most of the moment. And then on the other side, it's helping someone with the integration and the understanding of what they realized in their conversation with you. So a specific example might be um, the, the, you know, often, you know, what I hear from a therapist is that, you know, it's like people, you know, human memory is a little, human memory is actually just not that good. And there's lots (laughs) of examples Like there's so many studies, like the gorilla in the background study, you know, uh, and what do people remember and witness studies? Like what do people actually remember? And so, uh, you know, people often when they're dealing with something, um, they don't necessarily remember exactly what happened, what happened before it, what happened after it, what was going on, where were they, what did they eat? Did they get enough sleep? Mm. Like what are all of the things that are around it? And so, you know, one of the things that technology can do is it can help us capture the context of when we were triggered, you know, what was, what was going on. And so, you know, there's, um, there's a reason to give a really simple example. There's a reason why food journals work. Um, Because when you write down what you eat, you actually notice what you're eating and um, you know, and you remember what you ate. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, so it's really yes. simple. It lets you notice it. So technology can be really great for, say you're working with someone on social anxiety, you know, okay. for them to, to notice when they're feeling something and then to just like, you know, n- make a note on their, on their phone or in an app of like, what's going on. It's happening now. Yes. Um, or, you know, technology um, can be used to, um, in the moment for the clients that you have that relationship with. Uh, the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For them to, in an app with you, push a button. Um, and if you're available, it go into video chat. And so you can actually help them in the moment. Yes. You know, because it's if a week later they're coming in and say, oh, maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, I felt anxious. You have to do so much work to get them back to the moment where you can have that that teaching experience moment that allows them to have a breakthrough. Yes. Yeah. So technology can do that. And then also post. So one of my favorite products is one called Feel. And I love it because it really is, um, you know, it, it really works with therapist. And so it's a cognitive behavioral therapy product. Um, and it's a wristband that has heart rate variability, um, skin conductivity, um, and another sensor. Um, and what it does is that there are physiological signals that happen right. yeah. when people go into a stress response. Um, and so when people get, when people get stressed, their heart rate variability changes. And so what this does is it actually starts with a therapist who's teaching CBT around a particular problem, whatever the person has. Um, and the therapist, you know, identifies what the problem does, the debrief, I mean, does the, the, the teaching of the, the CBT and then gives the person the bracelet. Okay. And so, um, the bracelet tracks it's an eight-week program um and so on a weekly basis it's actually pulling every day all the time their biological signals um so they can see you know when they're get you know when it's getting stressed what happened what was around um because it's also a visual reminder they remember to use the cbt because you can teach someone something and then they right. forget to use it in the moment. Oh, I should have asked that question. I should have been generative, you know, in yes. that conflict or something. But they have it on their bra- their wrist. So it reminds them to use what Lisa has taught them. It's tracking their data. So you and they can later on l- look at the data and say, and you could be like, oh, you got really stressed on Thursday. What happened? Oh, I oh, don't think so anything happened. And then you could be like, no, look at your calendar. You were really stressed on Thursday, and they go, "Oh yeah, my boss said such and such," kind okay. of thing. So yeah. there's that, um, and it's this eight week program. And and what I love about it too is that um, it isn't designed for them to use it forever. It's designed to to give them, equip them with a power up, 
and give you another modality to teach people CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, around the issues that they have. Um, And so the goal is to train them and skill them, and then the bracelet comes off. But by the end of eight weeks, and and the studies, the clinical studies of this um, therapist plus technology in a program, Mm -hmm. it's highly efficacious. Highly efficacious. And so that's a that's a great example of transformative technology where technology is the thread around the pearl, which is the therapist and client relationship. Okay, that was really helpful, Nicole, to break it down with a specific technology. Thank you for that. And I feel like I want to ask you because it's something I, I read about a bit and I don't have full understanding of the role of AI and how that is helping us and will help us. I listened to Deepak Chopra talk about like his avatar and I'm just curious about what what is coming there for us. Yeah, I mean, AI is going to touch every aspect of every life. But um, some of the things that it's really good at is pattern recognition. Um, and those pattern recognitions can be in data. It can be, so it can be in, uh, it can be in, what you typically think of as data it can be in numbers. It can be in words, you know, uh, you know, like AI can read Wikipedia mm. and notice how many times people are using I versus we in conversation. So it can be used in words. Um, it can be used in um, it's starting to be able to be used in biosignals. So, um, you know, everything from emotion uh, recognition, so facial expressions to voice. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the ability for, for computer hearing and then the AI that's with it to understand patterns. Um, you know, it's beginning to be things where you can pick up emotion and voice, but also you can AI and, um, computer hearing can hear things like, the very earliest stages of Parkinson's shows up in the tonality of the voice. So people who are working on emotion recognition for call centers started to notice that they could actually hear medical conditions as well. Oh, um, these are the companies, not the, not the CS reps. And so, um, so essentially the way to really think about it, about AI, the simplest way to think about AI is um, its ability to recognize patterns at at minor level or at really um, uh, tiny levels that go below um, you know humans ability to hear these melts for everyone is um, that's one of my favorite is um, you know the there's a whole group of people this is a little bit of a tangent but it's fun it's okay, and helps yeah. with the story um, there's a whole group of people who are using AI to understand animal communication. I think I might have seen something in this genre. Yes, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so it turns out there's things like, you know, cows um, uh, cows have individual moves that they introduce themselves with when they meet new cows. <laughs> That's now, awesome. Our, yeah, and, and humans would never be able to know that because all, they all, all moves sound the same. Um, and is it something that... Um, you know, what does it mean? Does it mean the same thing to us that it means to them? Probably not. But, you know, if we ever start to be able to understand animal language to the extent that we understand that they have names for each other, it probably would change, you know, a lot of human behavior about how we treat animals. 
Um, and so it really is AI and computer sound, computer vision, you know, computer sensing, um, which is powered by AI allows humans to, or allows humans access to granular and minute, um, granular and minute patterns. And then those patterns can, are the beginning of prediction. Okay, that makes sense. I saw something having to do with farming and pigs, like measuring the happiness of pigs Mm. on a particular farm by using AI in the video um, that could then translate, like you said, the sounds of the pig, their facial expressions. And I just thought that was so interesting. And what a great use of technology that's happening. Yeah, the, um, you know, the... What's, you know, the things that are about to happen, like one of the the things that I really love um, is a category called haptics. And what haptics are is it's basically, you know, our largest organ is actually our skin. Yes. You know, our largest organ is our skin. And um, people don't really think that much about it the way they think about their eyes or their ears or something. But our skin, you know, is a is a very large surface area. Um, and so there's some, you know, really cool things that I'm excited about. There's a product called the sound shirt. And okay. basically what it is, is it's a, it's a haptic shirt that you wear and it picks up music and puts music on the skin. Wow. Yeah. But the the reason why that's important is imagine like, so who's your favorite music artist? Like, who do you love the most? I really like Ariana Grande. Oh gosh, me too. <laughs> I love her. Yes. Um, she, <laughs> that's another story. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I love her. One yeah, of her songs too. was recently very, very helpful to me. Um, yeah, she's great. So imagine being at an Aria on a Grande show and having on a sound shirt and feeling the heartbeats yeah. of say it's a stadium with 30,000, the Superdome, you know, 30,000 people. Imagine being able to feel their heartbeats on your skin while you were watching um, Ariana Grande. Um, And and so that would be like, that would be a transcendent experience. Mm -hmm. That would be something that you can't do without it. And it would be something that amplifies what happens already. So one of the things that many people don't know happens already is that human beings by bio signals sync when we're in connection with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, And also there've been multiple studies that have shown that, for example, when people are watching theater together, the people who are in the rows together, their breathing starts to sync, their bio signals start to sync as they're watching what's on stage. So we're deeply, we already deeply connect to one another. And if you think about it, it makes sense. We have a lot of, um, you know, the, it's only recent in the course of human history that it's really possible for a human being, any human being to survive on their own. It is only recent. It's only, it's only a few thousand years old, but we've been here for a very long time. Yeah. And before that, human beings required like like to survive, you had to be with other human beings. So we are highly attuned to each other. We very much want to be together. We're very, very connected. And we have a lot of natural systems 
that make that so. And so one really interesting role of technology is to amplify those natural systems so we can be more deeply connected. Now, where, you know, people like yourself come in is helping us have skills in emotional fluency so that time that we spend together can actually be good. Yes. And so that comes back again to pearls and thread. Okay. Absolutely. Nicole, there's something you spoke about when I, I watched an interview you were giving that I wanted to ask you about because the way that you spoke it like really resonated with me. And I, I was curious to hear more where you spoke about the decay curve of gratitude because I felt like there was something there as far as gratitude as a, as a practice, as a way of life. We hear about this so much currently and definitely over the last year. Um, about being appreciative, you know, reframing experience and such. Can you talk to us? What is the decay curve of gratitude? You know, I, I'm so glad you asked that question, Lisa, because it's um, that's a great hack, you know, for for everyone listening. So, um, you know, a fundamental part of being human is the role of novelty um, in how our our psychology and our sort of like how our brains and our minds work. Novelty plays a role. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and our brains are also sort of pattern matching, you know, in many ways and filtering all the time. Um, And so sort of what, what happens is that if you were grateful for the exact same thing every day, eventually you actually become a little bit less grateful for it. And this is measured by academic grade gold standard measures on, you know, on um, sort of like, um, what's the word? Um, va- valency on like, okay. you know, like really how, 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 how good did it make you feel? Yes. If you were grateful about emotional X. valence, you like positive to negative yeah. or yeah. that scale. Yeah. And so it's just, it really is just a novelty thing. Um, and so the way to, to, like, the thing to do it would be to, um, you know, be grateful for your health for three days. And then on the fourth day, be grateful for something else. And then you can come back to your health again. But it's just really to mix it up so yes. that it doesn't become a pattern that then your brain and your body start to disregard. I thought that was so helpful because I I could relate to that at times in my life. I kept a gratitude journal for years and I noticed at one point coming back to some of the same things and it didn't feel as powerful. And I kind of wondered, you know, what's, what's wrong here, but it makes sense that the decay curve that it's about really reaching for new things that we are authentically grateful for. And and there is so much. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. We're speaking about. And you can go back too, you know, one of the things you'd have to worry about is that if, 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 uh, if you made Mondays, you know, health Monday, then it too over time would lose its novelty. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's um, a, a way to do it would be to, you know, uh, write all the things that you'd like to be grateful for on little sheets of paper, put them in a bowl you know, oh, yeah. and then every day that. pick a new one. So you don't know which one it's going to be. Yeah. You know, then you can keep it. Then you can keep the order random so I that, like that. Uh, you can have maximum gratitude. <laughs> I love for each that. One. It's just a little hack. 
It is. So in, in coming to the end of our time, what is next for you? What are you excited about and, and working on and such? Mm. Well, I, one of the things that I, I really want to see more products in, I want to see more technologies in is um, I want to see more tools to help people develop emotional fluency. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so whether that is um, one of my favorite products is that right now is a, a social emotional uh, learning robot called Moxie. And it still is, it's at the very beginning of great products in this, but it's designed to be an ally for parents and a best friend for children, but they got a lot of things right. So one, uh, Moxie teaches, she sends children on missions. So it's not the source of truth. What it does is it says, you know, like, you know, let's just say, um, you know, if you have a niece or a nephew named, you know, Mary, it says, hey, Mary, who's your best friend? And then it asks you questions about, it asks Mary questions about how her best friend feels and sends her to her best friend to ask, how do you feel? And then to report that back. So it's, it's the technology isn't the source of truth. The technology is uh, sort of like the, the inspiration to go and be with other people and to start asking questions and learning emotional fluency. Um, it also um, does a great job of it's only operational for one hour a day. Okay. So in an on-demand world, it teaches children how to wait and they cannot binge. Mm, um, and then yes. they also, they did a great job on the security. And so I want to see more products like this because prior to COVID, 90% of teachers K through 12 in the United States wanted social emotional learning content. Um, and there's just really isn't anything great out there. Um, most of the content is teaching teachers how to teach from watching videos right. online, as opposed to something that really is a, a tool that, that, you know, that, that teaches emotional fluency, um, because that's the key for the future of work. Mm-hmm. That's the key for working well with people is to be able to connect emotionally and you cannot connect emotionally to someone else. If you cannot connect emotionally to yourself right. and understand what your feelings are. Um, and so I think that's like, I want to see more stuff like that. I want to see more stuff like that. Okay. And where can people find you, Nicole? Uh, we're at uh, www.transformativetech.org. And then also uh, on LinkedIn, uh, we have a group there. Uh, and so people can find us and join uh, whether, you know, whether they want to um, use products like this as therapist or as patients or, you know, what we really do is we really help people want to build these types of products. Mm-hmm. We help them understand how to build them and to connect with other people who can help them because we really like we we need this is the tech that we really need. This is. is the tech for good that we really need. We do not need another champagne delivery app. Like we don't need that. We need technology that helps us us become more deeply human. Nicole, I love this. Thank you for coming my way. I feel like I learned so much by researching you and your work. And I also found you at NicoleBradford.com to offer that to our listeners and viewers. Yeah. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I look forward to being connected in the future. Likewise. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you for what you do. You're welcome. And you.
we need more pearls like you. So thanks. Thank you. <laughs> really. Thank you. Have the best afternoon. Good. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. That concludes my show today with Nicole Bradford. Tune in next week. I will be doing a solo show for my five-year anniversary, episode 243. I'm excited to be with you, and I wish you an awesome week and weekend. All of my love. Bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir.